You are listening to CBS Wire. In 2002, Janus Fries and his partner Niklas Sendstrøm invented Skype. Three years later, in 2005, Skype had become a great success and Janus and Niklas sold the company to eBay for $2.6 billion. How did the company become such a hit? The answer is simple. It's ingenious business model. I'll tell you precisely what made their business model so great in a moment, but first, welcome to the podcast. If you haven't already guessed, this episode is about business models. I will investigate what they are, the implications they can have for a company, and how many factors need taken into consideration when creating the perfect business model. To help me become wiser in the areas connected with business models, I interviewed Thomas Ritter. Yes, I'm uh, Thomas Ritter, professor here at CBS at the Department of Strategy and Innovation. And I have uh, looked all my life uh, at firms and how they earn money, which currently is called uh, what is their business model and how do they change that. As an employee or a student at CBS, you may already know a great deal about business models. But in this episode, you'll hear some stories about companies that have either succeeded or failed due to their business models. And hopefully, this will bring you some new perspectives that will broaden your horizon on the subject of business models. As I mentioned before, Skype's success was due to its brilliant business model. To explain how this was achieved, I must provide some basic knowledge that you may already know. So please bear with me, dear listener. The most familiar business model is the so-called business model canvas proposed by Alexander Ostewalder. Ostewalder's model has nine boxes, and in one of these boxes, a company describes its value propositions. In other words, a description of the value the products have for customers. And in Skype's case, the value propositions were the very dimension where they struck their gold. For decades, the Danish companies had a monopoly on telephony, and the prices were very high. This annoyed Janus and his partner Niklas, and suddenly they saw a business opportunity that could solve the problem by creating a telephone service free for its users, which we today know as Skype. Okay, so far, so good. But Alexander Osteweiler's business model canvas with the value proposition box is not the only business model out there. Actually, Thomas Rieder has developed his own, the business model square. I therefore asked him what a business model is in his understanding and how the business model square differs from Osterwalder's model and others out there. For us, uh, a business model is, um, is, is the, the script how the firm earns money. And in my world, uh, I work with, with four dimensions where we ask firms to describe the capabilities they have, what are they good at or maybe would like to be better at, what do they actually sell in the market, 
how do they sell and who is the customer and and these are the four basics and there is a, a you know a variety of different models uh, and different versions of describing the business model but in in essence these are the dimensions we are looking at so so how does your business model differ from the other ones out there um for for me um alignment uh, is is very important so so what i think has happened over the last 10 15 years is that firms in general managers uh, have become very fluent in describing their business model if you take osterwalde it has nine uh, areas and and they can de uh, describe all of that what what i enforce with my version uh, is that we can discuss how are the different components connected. So which customer is buying what kind of value proposition? Because the first step is to describe it, but then it also has to match and, um, and, and match uh, in, in that. And that, that is what, what, what my little model can. So according to Thomas Rieder, a business model is a script that describes how a company earns money. This script has four dimensions the company's capabilities, its products, how it sells its products, and its customers. And although these dimensions appear to be interconnected, you might wonder if one is more important than the others. So these parameters, these four parameters, are interconnected and they're very important, each of them. But aren't there one of them that is more important than the others? Uh, no, no, not in my world. You you can decide, hmm. yeah. You, uh, but but uh, if if your customers don't like it, hmm. you have no business. If if uh, you're not making profits, you have no business because your investors go. You know, if society says this is not something we will support, you lose your license to operate. And of course, a certain period. I mean, you know, the, the, the news is filled with companies who are, you know, uh, <laughs> blamed for all sorts of, uh, of, of different things. Um, so, so, you know, uh, so in, in a certain period, there can be that you are violating the rules, but then you will see initiatives to uh, reinforce that we are good or we are lawful or, you know, what, what else. So, 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 yes, there might be strategic choices in the short run, but in the long run, you need to balance all of those mm. four. A key issue in Thomas Rieder's work and lectures involves innovating business models. I asked him what he means by that. In my research, I've, I've found out that you talk about a lot about innovating business models. Um, what does that mean? Yeah, well, uh, it's it's a it's a common standard uh, assumption that that if you don't renew, update uh, your your business model you are in the danger of being obsolete. Of, of course, uh, there are certain things which are constant and, and that is good. Uh, so, so, but, but still uh, small or large innovations. And then again, uh, in, in, the, in the way I see the world, uh, you know, you can, you can be uh, better at things uh, you used to do today or you can learn new tricks that would be capabilities. You can address your existing customers in a new way or you find new customers. So all these elements uh, can, can be renewed questions. You can also stop. I mean, this is a good strategy is also saying no. 
So what kind of customers you, you don't serve uh, any longer? If you uh, look at uh, your own uh, business, uh, I, I reckon there's no paper version of wire. <laughs> so, so that is also innovation that we stopped doing things we used to do for many years. Why is it necessary to, to innovate your business model? Um, I think um, technology changes. And, um, and, and with new technology, there are new opportunities. And, um, and if you can use them in, in your business, uh, you, you, you have to do it or somebody else will do it, then you're forced again uh, to do it. Uh, society and thereby um, customers, but also the larger legal framework changes uh, and firms have to adapt to that. There are lots of stuff uh, which was completely lawful and even uh, cheerfully uh, celebrated when I was young, which are utterly forbidden because now we know that it may have health issues or it may not be the best thing on earth if you think a little bit further and yeah you know so 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 that changes um and and based on that um that there will always be a, a movement if if not we would uh, live in little caves and uh, hit two stones if we would like to have something warm or light so so you know and and that will continue uh, we experience a, a period where where people say it is faster uh, and maybe more radical in terms of what kind of changes uh, we we see, but but by and large, there's change and uh, that needs to be uh, used and accounted for. Can you can you give me some examples of uh, some companies that have innovated their business model in an interesting way? I think the world is is full. I think uh, every day is a good day uh, when you think about business models, uh, innovation, profitability. Um, uh, currently, and this is also we, something we work uh, with intensively, like many others, digitization. So what happens in a world uh, which is becoming more and more uh, digitized? Um, that changes a lot. Uh, think of uh, the way uh, information, news, uh, communication is distributed today and who does the news. So, so this morning there was an incident close where we were and my son already knew what had happened because social media so, so he was better informed than uh, the old people in the house uh, so, so 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 this is uh, very innovative um, and 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 put some some challenges on on organizations and how they learn and what they change and how they secure uh, that uh, you you also see uh, medicine medical uh, healthcare uh, huge changes I, I think you know there's 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 no way where where, where the world stands still so But according to Thomas Ritter, digitization is not the only factor that impacts on business models and encourages companies to innovate them. I think think another uh, very uh, actively debated uh, issue is the whole um, uh, UN compact goals, uh, sustainability, climate change. uh, uh, You know, there are many different agendas under that uh, umbrella. Um, and that, of course, again, has very different uh, impacts on the business model of, of organizations. For some uh, organizations, uh, being green or being good is is uh, good business. So, so they happily develop in that way. For others, being good is being altruistic. 
which of course challenges uh, a classic understanding that the business model needs to be profitable, make some numbers, and and, and create um, shareholder value. So so you know, uh, in my world, everything will every every development uh, will will have an impact on certain organizations business model mm. um, so so th- th- because because a business model is very central for organizations so 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 there's no no way that it is not um, uh, that it uh, will not have an impact i know this uh, question is very broad but how do you create a sustainable business model oh yeah <laughs> um, i mean this is this is uh, um, this is very easy uh, and, and very complicated. The, the easy answer is that, um, well, the basic notion of a sustainable business model is that it creates value in, in, in four directions. Yeah? It creates value for the owners uh, so, so that they love investing in that business. Uh, it creates value for customers because otherwise nobody will buy and then there will not be value for the owners anyway. So, so they're all connected. It will create owners uh, value. Sorry, uh, for everybody who um, provides resources for the organization, uh, in particular the employees. If if they don't think it's uh, value creating for them to come to work, they find something else to do. And of course, society. So 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 if you balance these four, and if you have a, a this winning formula in the middle, we we use nowadays to call that the business model. Uh, then that will be sustainable. And it will be sustainably, uh, sustainable economically, and also societal, and and so forth. Yeah. And if you if you create something which violates one or several of these four, you will lose your license to operate, or you will lose money, or you will have to, you know. So 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 in that respect, uh, conceptually, very easy, very logical. There's it's not really a debate about this. Yeah. But in practice, yeah, the the constant negotiation between how much do we give to customers, how much do we keep ourselves, how, how good and sustainable do we need to be in society uh, uh, and, and not. Can we combine it so there's a synergy between the four? That's, of course, the, the key notion. If we can do everything at once, then it's a no-brainer. But the trade-offs are, are difficult, and they're difficult on a day-to-day basis. So now that we know what business models are and how to innovate them, it's time to look at some examples of companies that have innovated their business models in interesting ways. During your time, what what is uh, what is the most interesting business model that you've heard of? Oof, yeah, that is difficult. That is difficult. I uh, you know I like I like a lot uh, business models when they. Uh, when they uh, challenge an assumption, yeah? um, so uh, I liked uh, a lot when, uh, and that was before digitization came. When when Metro, the newspaper Metro, came and turned the payment around and saying we are fully uh, advertisement based, uh, no readership 
uh, payment. That is interesting because it challenges uh, um, a, a basic uh, assumption. Yeah. So, so, so I, I like these kind of uh, of issues. Yeah. When you look all the the membership uh, models we have, yeah, so we have in Denmark very famous people um, who who work with these kind of things. So, so wine family or uh, mm -hmm. that that is interesting because it challenges the way we are building or we have build business models so so i like that because the, there's a certain creativity and and again these two examples uh, it, it's not flying to the moon uh, and, and happily back <laughs> um it it, it 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 is actually a minor issue but with huge implications uh, for for business models for payments for profitability for how industries are organized so it it could be small things as well that can change or create a change um, in a business model and, and be a success. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it, it very often is. I mean, um, um, I like to, uh, for example, if you take Uber, Uber is discussed all the time as the big and the geek. And I mean, now it's old in a, in a way. But 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 my challenge is if you look at the business model, yeah, uh, there needs to be customers who need transportation. Same, same. Yeah. They need to say where they are. They need to stand close to the road. They will get themselves into a car. They'll be driven by a chauffeur and they get out of the car and have to pay for it. The, you know, the, it's microscopic what the changes. Yeah. But then again, using private cars, using private drivers, using an app, not uh, authority built in expensive equipment in the car for, for pricing and, and, and so forth, makes a huge difference, makes a world revolution, yeah? challenges the legislation in many companies, yeah? endless debates if it's lawful or unlawful or under which condition and so forth and so forth. So, so I would argue it's actually a minor thing with huge implications. By the way, also for society, what what kind of work conditions uh, do we accept in in a country like Denmark, you know, where we have clear rules for pirate taxis and and, and, and so forth? So so yeah, it's it's uh, it's a minor thing if you look at sort of you know the world, the planet, and history, um, but huge implications for many people. Here. It is important to mention that when Thomas Rieder is talking about Metro, he's not really talking about the subway system in Copenhagen called Metro as well. Rather, he is talking about the free newspaper Metro Express, which was available a few years back. Besides Uber, other companies have made minor changes in their business models that have made a major difference in one way or another. One of them is the company First Aid that, as the company name sort of indicates, provides education on first aid. But unlike other companies providing first aid training, they use former soldiers from the Danish defense team who have provided first aid to people in real-life war zones and have practical experience of saving lives. Another example was when the English author Chris Payton, who lives in Denmark, had bad book sales. After changing his pen name to the Danish name of Christopher Pedersen, suddenly his books became a great success. Both these examples stems from Denmark, 
And in my interview with Thomas Ritter, I became curious about how easy or difficult it is to change business models in other countries than Denmark. Is it easier or more difficult to make a uh, a successful business model in Denmark uh, in in relation to other countries that are more such as um, uh, the states uh, where it's more liberal? Yeah, um, I think uh, by and large um, the U.S. is acclaimed to be uh, much easier to to just start off and and hit the road, and I think. The U.S. for me personally uh, is is a little bit more ruthless in a way that that we just do things. I think they never had a discussion if Uber is lawful or not, because they have a completely different labor market and a completely different view of of how the world functions. Um, so 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 in that respect, uh, you can say it's it's easier there. There's also more money, more risk uh, capital, and and all of these things. Uh, very fine. Um, on the other hand, Denmark. Yeah, if you want to start some uh, digital uh, business and so forth, Denmark is the uh, is is wonderful. Everything is digital payments. Yeah, communication with the government. If if you would like to make these new business models, why not start in Denmark? It's 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 uh, the best place on on earth uh, to 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 have these kind of things. Yeah, the Danes with their uh, famous uh, CPR number or CVR number for companies, um, genius. A registration system second to none. Yeah. So, so in that respect, it always depends. What do you want to do? Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I don't, I don't really buy into this. Uh, it's so awful to start companies. I think Denmark has a lot of startups. Uh, so, so I think growth is an issue. Yeah. Do they become really big businesses? We see, from my personal taste, we see too many companies uh, leaving Denmark at at a, at an early stage. Once they are a little bit up and running, um, and potentially for good reasons, I'm not saying that they, they uh, can be changed. It I don't know. I th- I, th- I think if you think of famous examples like Skype, um, it, it's potentially very good that they go where they went uh, because it's a different market, different risk, different connections, different networks, and so forth. So so. You know. Okay. So let's summarize. During the podcast, we've learned there are several business models out there, but they all describe how a company makes a profit. In the different dimensions of a business model, a company can make changes, minor or major, that will impact on the company's success rate. But the company owners are not the only ones who have an impact on their business models. Changes in society politics and the climate also have implications for whether or not your business will succeed. Therefore, as a business owner, you must always keep yourself updated on developments in these areas and innovate your business model. With this in mind, I asked Thomas Ritter to name some currently operating companies that have failed with or achieved this aim. Can you um, remember any... um companies recently where you thought that they really understood the developments um, and the techno- both the technology uh, developments and, and developments in society and, and where you thought, well, this is a very great idea, this is a good business model. 
again, if if we take some of the well-known uh, big ones, um, I think it's a good idea uh, when transportation companies like Mask think that technology can help them to optimize the paperwork. That is interesting because the, the core of the thing they do is transporting stuff. But the biggest headache is that the paperwork needs to. Um, I, th I think that is good. Yeah. So, so, so that is interesting because it's also a little bit outside. You know, it's so easy to look at the container and forget that there's uh, something else. I think if we look in our own uh, organization here, um, I, uh, what about all these online courses, blended learning and, and, and so forth? I think there are some good examples and then there's also a big question mark of how, what, what do we do with it and how would that uh, come, come up? So, so uh, if you think of, of Coursera, I mean, they, they, they see a slot in the market and then there are others as well, so it's not, but, but then that, that is used and, 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 and it's big question is what the next step you know now, now now there's a certain threshold what next the world is also filled with idiotic examples i like to hit down on uh, on utility companies yeah that now i can have an app and i can check the electricity usage of my house why would i do that just because it's possible i don't care yeah i don't care how much energy my house is is using right now I, yeah, so, 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 so you always also find uh, examples where I think, uh, God, you know, and it can be, I, I give that it's the same when I look advertisement, uh, I say, I don't get it. I'm outside the segment. So, so as, as I'm not supposed to be a customer, I don't understand the message or I don't understand the product. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. But, uh, but sometimes you wonder, uh, <laughs> is there really anyone who will need that? We're reaching the end of this CBS Wire podcast episode. But before I say goodbye, here are some of Thomas Ritter's educated guesses on how business models will develop in the future. And if you're a budding entrepreneur, maybe you'll find these guesses useful. How do you think that um, business models will develop in the future? I know it depends on, on all kinds of developments, but, but what are the tendencies that you see? I think uh, um, one thing is that, that firms work more explicitly with their business model, regardless uh, which kind of they, they use. So this is, this is an item to be discussed. When they change something, they think, what are the consequences for our, our business? So, so there's a certain professionalism in, in working with that. When we look at what is changing, then that's of course very uh, dependent on, on on the industry and 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 what will happen. Um, I I think there's there's lots of stuff uh, still to be explored uh, in terms of, of of digital, in terms of of climate and planet uh, issues. But these are so wide uh, examples or areas that that yeah, I mean. You don't need a crystal ball <laughs> to to foresee something there and saying that this is something we need to find solutions. And the question will be, how fast will these solutions uh, be possible, and who will be driving it? I think that that is a key issue at the moment for me. Uh, uh, do we expect companies to drive society, 
or will we come in a situation where society will be uh, uh, sort of driving their agenda of course in collaboration with firms there will always be a coexistence but but you know at, at the moment everything is a little bit left to the companies uh, because the political system uh, I, th I think their business model <laughs> if one can call it like this uh, needs an upgrade Dear listener, I hope that Thomas Rita and I have broadened your horizon and appreciation of business models. Whatever the case, we've provided you with some different perspectives that may be interesting if you're working with a new and interesting startup or you're just interested in business models in general. Maybe you'll put more energy into creating the best possible product value for your customers. Maybe you'll change your name and become a bestseller. Or maybe you won't do anything at all. The choice is all yours. But I'd be very happy if you would tell everyone you know about our podcast. You'll be hearing from us again very soon. My name is Kasper Christensen. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.